Welcome back, listeners, to season four of the Bulldog Educator. We're excited as we enter in this season, and we hope that you enjoyed our first episode. And now we're moving on into our other episodes for this season. We'll continue to provide you episodes every other week up until December. And so we hope that you'll listen. And in the the meantime, you can also go back to previous episodes by going to your favorite podcast catcher and looking up the Bulldog Educator. As always, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Bulldog Educator Podcast, Episode 7 of Season 4 of the Bulldog Educator. This podcast content is developed through a collaboration between co-hosts Matt Caston and Kirsten Wilson and input from our listeners just like you. Tonight, Matt cannot join us and we are sad that he's not here, but I want to say a quick hello to our listeners on behalf of Matt and myself, Kirsten. Today, we are going to be chatting with returning guest Crystal Green Braswell. Crystal uh, joined us this summer on season three, episode eight, where she shared with us about her new role as the coordinator of staff wellness and culture at at the Little Rock School District in Central Arkansas. Just to tell you a little bit more about Crystal, she is an experienced educational leader who serves as coordinator of staff wellness and culture for the Little Rock School District. She has over 24 years in the field and she has held various roles, including state leadership development coach in Arkansas, academic achievement specialist, assistant principal, and classroom teacher at both elementary and secondary levels. She is dedicated to enhancing student growth and learning systems, particularly focusing on social and emotional learning. As a contributing author of The School Wellness Wheel, Ms. Green Braswell showcases her commitment to improving educational systems And for the past several years, she is actively engaged in shifting the culture and climate within any system she serves, aiming to drive student and school success. Ms. Green Braswell holds a Bachelor of Science in Special Education from the University of Central Arkansas, Go Bears, a Master of Arts in Adult Education from the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, Go Trojans, and a Specialist in Educational Leadership from Arkansas State University, Go Wolves. While she possesses extensive theoretical knowledge, she also prioritizes holistic wellness and is pursuing a certification in this area. With a passion for teaching and learning, Ms. Green Boswell uses healing and resilience as a foundation to impact the lives of educators and students alike. In all her endeavors, she strives to leave a lasting and positive legacy, embodying the spirit of compassion and commitment to her community. Wow, that is amazing. And I just want to say, um, when I read something like that, I feel so humbled that you are that you have agreed to be on the podcast with us. So thank you so much for being here, Crystal. It's an honor to be here, Kirsten. No worries. <laughs> um, and I just can't imagine what it's like to be every day with you at work. Um, what an amazing experience that has to be working with someone like you. Um, and then I imagine there are people that work with you that enjoy and look forward to coming to work because they get to work with such an awesome person like you. Well, and let me just say this. They do say that. And I, you know, it, I feel good about that. And so, and I'm working on receiving compliments, but it, it really is an honor to work with the folks that I do get to work with. Um, and they really have served as the wings Uh, the the wind beneath my wings um, in this work because I've just 
I, okay, I'm not going to get into it because I know questions are coming and I'll be able to express it then because I just get excited. Yeah. Um, I do get excited about it, but the folks that I work with are amazing. Well, and I think that that's amazing too, that you're in place in a space that you can both do what you're passionate about, but you have people that support you in that as well. Um, so what a great, great opportunity. So because you're coming back and we learned a little bit about your role in season three, episode eight, I'd like it if you could update us about your role as the coordinator of staff, um, staff wellness and culture with Little Rock School District. And what is your greatest celebration in this role so far? What has been your biggest challenge and what has surprised you? Hey, so an update. Um, so I guess before I was like, I don't know where I'm gonna start. I'm just going in there. Uh, well, I've since fine tuned um, quite a bit and really got a comprehensive needs assessment plan in place and have two major goals for the assessment. Uh, one just being to help people to become more self-aware um, around the eight dimensions of wellness. And so we'll actually be pushing out an assessment soon so that folks can um, have an individual report um, that will help them to kind of gauge their um, their progress on all eight dimensions, but then also give them a place to start doing some goal setting and systems um, um, establishment around the different um, dimensions. And then of course, we'll take um, the collection of the data um, extracted from any individual um, qualifiers, if you would, and um, it's going to help inform what our programming is going to look like in the spring. And so I've been about the work of um, collecting those folks that are within the district that have gifts that align with those um, dimensions, but then also uh, connecting with outside partners um, who, would, who would also be supporting us as far as programming is concerned. And then the other part of the goal um, is to really start taking a look at the culture of our district and um, and really understanding what parts of our district create workplace stress, like what parts of our system and that kind of thing. And I was hitting the ground running because you you asked about um, the challenges. Is that what? Yeah, the ch challenges. Oh, okay. It sounds like, you know, you've done some things with this new role so far with all of that. And that's, that's a huge celebration. Like yeah. Framework and assessment, but yes, the challenges. What was so the the challenge has been that I was I think I was trying to do too much all at one time, right? Like, so I had the two goals, and I'm trying to create and and we and to be fair, our district, our superintendent has really been serious about um, organizational health, and so there's going to be a climate survey that goes out. Um, for all of our stakeholders. And so with that being said, I'm going to be able to take some data from it, but my plan was to also have some items around workplace stress. So I think what I'm going to do is just kind of slow the cart down and really focus on the eight dimensions of wellness piece and then pick this other piece up later after we get the, the big culture um, assessment done, right? And so just trying to just trying to figure out how we don't overdo it with our folks and that they, you know, they get 
survey fatigued and, you know, just don't want to talk and respond to anything. Uh, so, and I, and I did, I did look them in the eye for convocation and, and make them promise that they would answer anything that came from me. And I just wanted to be right. <laughs> um, but the other part, so that, that's been the, the challenge and, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about challenge in just a minute, but I want to, before I leave celebrations, um, or things that I'm lifting up, it's the fact that there have been so many people who have been willing and ready and wanting to connect to resources to become a, a better version of themselves um, and really start a healing journey, so to speak. Um, just, you know, just having people to, to have an open mind to that. And then, you know, you also ask what surprised me or what has most surprised me. So this, the, the most surprising thing for me is that there are a group of folks on the other end of that spectrum who don't welcome um, the change and they are not um, readily available emotionally uh, for this work. And so I have had to settle, settle, I guess, myself down as it pertains to them and understand that um, I must honor their process, right? And so helping them to understand that the resources will always be here, um, even if I'm not here, right? <laughs> like, I'm gonna make sure that there's a system in place where if the day that you decide you want something different for yourself, that there will be resources at your fingertips. Um, so that's been the, I guess the most surprising for me is because I, once I find out that it's something I can do better, I'm ready, let's go, you know, but everybody's not there. And so um, that's been a surprising, but an area of, of, of growth for me um, because I just, you know, I go in thinking everybody's ready. <laughs> but as far as the challenge, uh, I wanted to just share this too, so that everybody out there in your, your audience can understand that um, this work is not work for me. It really is my passion. And so I have found myself overdoing it just because it doesn't feel like work. And what ended up happening is I thought I had slowed down, but I guess the universe said, no, 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 you're not slowing down enough. And so I um, suffered a concussion back mid-September and the symptoms just kind of had a, a stronghold on me. And so literally like I wasn't able to engage with my screen, which is a lot of this, you know, assessment of research, like all of these things um, that I was tasked to do and task myself with, I couldn't engage in. Um, and even going out into um, schools and, and engaging with folks during faculty meetings and, and this kind of thing, like it was, I had to, to postpone things, I had to cancel things. And, um, because by the time the end of the day came, I didn't have any more energy and I definitely didn't, you know, want to go um, to a place not feeling my best self, but talking to other people about taking care of themselves. Like it's just oxymoronic at its best. So with that said, um, that has been a part of the challenge for me because I had goals in, in place for myself where I wanted uh, the progress to be by this time of the year. But I had to push everything back a month and so um 
that's been challenging for me. Like I've, I've had these little fights in my head around where I'm supposed to be, but um, I do know that it is important for me to model the behavior that I'm asking people to authentically and holistically engage in. And that is to take care of you, mm-hmm. take care, taking care of self. And so it's important or it has been important for me to, to do that same thing. Now, I know that was the longest answer in history to the first question. <laughs> Not at all. That was a big question. There was a lot in that question to answer. Yes. <laughs> no, and that, and that's, that's my hope is that that you're able to share and one of the things that i do appreciate for our for you with you with with our listeners is that you are very genuine and authentic and you you tell it how it is so um a lot of times i think we have kind of giving the idea of wellness and self-care kind of a, a cliche or a, yeah. kind of a dark cloud over it because it does threw it out there way too much and way too superficially and and kind of you know turned it into bubble baths and manicures and um you know and and it's not about that and um there's so much more to that it's about mental health it's about understanding boundaries it's about being your best self so that you can be the best for your students and what does that require that requires managing your time getting enough rest eating healthy um you know those type of things um that have nothing to do with bubble baths and manicures (laughs) no no (laughs) i like to call those um wellness protocols that i have in place but they are not like my self-care is is so much deeper than that. It's knowing exactly what I need when I need it. Well, and, and one, that- of the, one of the things is we're coming off the break. I thought about you over the break um, because when we talked last time in episode um, eight of season three, you talked about you have um, a cycle of self-care or wellness that you, the protocols that you follow and you do not wait until there's a break to take care of that because that is not the way to take care of yourself because what you're doing is you're pushing yourself into sheer exhaustion and complete you know I would say uh, engine failure for lack of a term and then all you're doing during a break is recuperating so that you can go back and go go into engine failure again and that's That's right that's not a healthy way to operate and so I thought about you over this holiday um, when I was um when I was thinking about tonight when we would be doing this and I would I was you know as you're talking about this wellness protocols that you talk about um I think it would be great if we just took a moment and you kind of share with the audience because maybe they haven't heard episode eight from season three about what does it mean when you say a wellness protocol so my protocols are um systems that I have in place my rituals and routines uh, that some things happen daily, some things happen weekly, some things monthly, um, every two weeks. Like it just, I, I kind of have this whole system in place that I uh, utilize to take good care of myself so that when I get to the breaks, I can actually like hang out and have the time versus having to recharge because I'm constantly um, recharging throughout so for example like daily i have gratitude practices i have mindfulness practices um that i engage in but like say every two weeks there may be 
uh, manicure, pedicure scheduled um, monthly, there may be a, um, a massage scheduled. Um, but those things are a part of my protocols versus, oh, I'm going to do um, self-care. Like my self-care is every day. When I wake up in the morning, I start my routines. Before I go to sleep at night, I get the last of my routines in. Um, but then also I have things that I, uh, goals that I've set for myself annually. Um, there's going to be some event or something that I do to build capacity as it pertains to healing. Um, this year I was able to engage in pro professionally and personally a, um, a racial trauma healing session that, uh, I engaged in. And so it's been, um, it's, it's just, it's just a part of what I do now. Like it's not, it's just what, it's just me. <laughs> so those are the wellness protocols that we talked about. No, oh, thank you for sharing those. And I think that's uh, really good. And if listeners want to know more about that, they can go back to, uh, season three episode eight and we went into that a little more deeply there um with crystal and her protocols her wellness protocols that she follows so my next thing that i wanted to talk about um, and it kind of goes back to what we were just uh, talking about is i came across this quote last week and it said true self-care is not about salt baths and chocolate cake it's about making the choice to build a life you don't need to escape from Share with us how this resonates with you personally and how this carries into the work you do with the educators at Little Rock School District and beyond. Yeah, so I, I, I saw that too, right? And so for a minute, it stopped me and I'm like, hey, hey am I staying true to what I said I was going to do? Am I? And, and literally, I, I have to give myself some credit on this, but I stay in check with my rituals and routines to be sure that they're in place. Uh, so that I don't feel like I have to escape from um, my life. And so I love that quote. I think it is uh, absolutely important um, because every now and then the, the world or life can feel hamster wheelish, right? And so um, literally, if I ever feel like I'm getting ready to put, just put one toe on the hamster wheel, come here. Come here, baby. Come here. That's what I tell myself. Come here. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, but as far as the work that I'm doing with folks, I absolutely, anytime I get up in front of groups of people or if I'm talking to an individual, I do invite them to take a step off of the hamster wheel. Because when we do that, we realize that uh, we've been going really fast, but getting nowhere. And so the, the mindfulness um, practice, the um, understanding, the negativity bias, just all those kinds of things, unlocking the stress cycle. These are all sessions that I've done with folks, uh, self-care through self-awareness, um, but just helping people to understand that we hold the power as much as um, society would have us to believe that things are happening to us um, and we have no control, but we do have control over our uh, reaction and responses, right? How we are going to receive the information and what we're going to do in response to that. 
So with that said, I just help, I try to help people to understand that we do have the control and that if we step off that hamster wheel, we can really start getting some systems in place um, so that we can better, better deal with, with things. Yes. And it is a process. I like how you say they try to take a step off the hamster wheel. You will get back on the hamster wheel multiple times before you successfully get yourself off. Um, Cause I'm still in that process of getting off the hamster wheel. I do really well for a little while. And then all of a sudden I find myself back on the hamster wheel um, and <laughs> just, you know, Hey, what are you doing? You know, stopping and reflecting and, and saying, okay, how do we stop this? And how do we stop going really fast nowhere and and be more intentional. And as we've talked about, go slower. Um, Yes. And, and, and also I think it's being compassionate with yourself. Um, That sometimes is really hard uh, for a lot of us as educators. We um, have, we will talk very positively to everyone else in our sphere of influence. Yes. But we are not talking to ourselves the way we talk to other people. That's true. That's absolutely true because there's really no authority, right? That's set up to keep us from abusing ourselves. Like there's not, the only authority is the person that sits within you. And you've got to train that person to keep the other part of you in check, right? But literally we will, we will treat everyone with the utmost respect and love and support and compassion and all those great words, mm-hmm. but we will mistreat ourselves in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, and I find that that's probably one of the places that I usually start because when I find myself that I've like extended myself too much, I get really rough on myself and it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? Your, your intentions were good, where you were going is good. The fact that you recognize that this is a hamster wheel is a good start. Let's just move from there. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's a good thing. Just, you know, giving, your, giving yourself grace, right? Affording yep. yourself grace, but then also celebrating the win because the win was recognizing. <laughs> yes. And there are a lot of folks that don't recognize. And I can just remember when I wasn't, I wasn't in a place to recognize myself. So yeah, celebrating the win. Absolutely. So my next question for you is part of your role is about wellness and the other is tied to culture. And there was a post I recently saw on social media from a well-known administrator, Dr. Brad Johnson. And he said, when I'm asked my number one piece of advice for an administrator, it is simply to care, take care of your staff. A culture of care, support, appreciation, and encouragement is a culture when when everyone can thrive. The teacher's work environment is the student's learning environment. So how does this correlate with the work you do regarding the culture at Little Rock School District? Um, And does that involve a lot of work with your campus administrators? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I have uh, a session scheduled tomorrow with some leaders. Um, But yeah, he's, he hit it right on the nail. And, and it has everything to do with um, folks feeling like they're supported, feeling like they are heard. Um, and I think that that work that we're doing around the organizational health is important in the Little Rock School District. Um, but then also just making sure that these leaders are doing what they can to take care of themselves too. 
because you can't, we're not asking people to take care of other folks, but they're not doing what they need to do for self, right? Um, and the other part of it is there's a quote, um, Aguilar, her first name escapes me right now, but this might be my concussion brain kicking in. But basically she says, um, what she says is to lead, in order to lead transformational efforts, you must first tend to your own transformation. And I think that that is also can be applied to that quote, like before you can take care of other folks, you definitely have to make sure you understand how to take care of you. So you can model what that looks like while you're doing that. Because I think folks are watching you not only for what you do for them, but what you're doing for yourself. Um, and it's important to model that. I, I do remember being a building administrator and not doing that at first <laughs> and, and having to be sick every break um, but only to come back and understand that it was important to have those systems in place. And so what I would always help the people to understand as we were doing those things to, to support our um, educators, the, all the staff members in our building, is that I was always constantly, and as a, as a leadership team, as an admin team and a leadership team, um, we were constantly sharing what we were doing for us so that they understood that I'm not... I'm not going to do for you what I'm not willing to do for myself, um, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to engage in for myself too. That's powerful. And uh, I know that there are administrators that um, I'm sure that a lot of times, and at least my experience was as an administrator, we just kind of had to navigate that wellness ourselves. And there wasn't really a lot of support um, for that in my previous roles. Um, that's something you kind of had to take care of yourself somehow. And it wasn't really within the system that it was accepted possibly would maybe, maybe be the, um, the, the way, and it wasn't the culture. Um, and so I almost I felt guilty if I did yeah. something for myself that had to do with wellness, if, and, um, there was a critical feel to, if you put yourself before, um, something that required your service um, yes. and your leadership um, and so I really applaud that that is a focus that you guys are doing at Little Rock School District and um, if I can say so based on social media watching your superintendent um, I feel that he is making efforts to model that as well yeah um, yeah, he did. He made a post here uh, recently about being somewhere in a mountain or something, trying to plan and reflect. I said, hey, 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 take me next time. <laughs> Sign me up. But yeah, no, it's again, absolutely. And then also just to, like when he made, he made a post um, over the for the Thanksgiving yeah. and just how he was um, fully present with his folks or he said okay we're gonna eat this ridiculousness and we'll get back to clean eating you know tomorrow so it's like that's what i'm talking about like everything yes. in my life. yes and it's very interesting uh, to have a leader like that that um i would say is authentic and he's and i mean it's it's kind of vulnerable for him to post something like that and be in a position like he's doing but with it becomes the permission that 
so can the rest of us do that Absolutely. as well. Um, yes. so I, I applaud him for that, but I am super excited for you because that means that you've got followership for what you're doing from the very, very top. And then you're able to support and implement and support the educators in the classroom and everything in between. Um, and that really makes for what you're doing um, a lot of promise for success. So. Yeah. And I think another part of it, too, is is helping people to understand how to take better care of themselves, because that's not something that we were taught um, on a global, you know, like there there may be some folks out there who learn that at home, but I didn't. Um, OK, <laughs> I did not either. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, no, nothing. We're not talking, you know. Um, in a bad way about our caregivers. It's just that that's what they knew and they gave us what they knew, which is pretty much suck it up and drive on, you know? Yep. Um, and so with that stated, it, it was also important to us um, in my school building and of course now too, it's just helping people to even understand what it looks like, what it feels like, and acknowledging what you just talked about as far as that shame and that guilt that's connected to um, taking care of ourselves because we've been conditioned to believe in this profession that if kids don't come first, then something's wrong with us. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I don't want, now that I know what I know, I got to put me first so that my kids, my students, anybody that I work with get the best version of me. Yeah. So, yeah. hundred uh, percent. Um, and I, I can't agree with that more. And um, some of that has been learned by consequence. Um, but it's a lesson that I'm thankful that I have learned. And and I'm appreciative that you're able to share that message so that maybe we have other educators that don't work as long as you and I have in this in this profession. And just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, maybe, maybe that their lives will be more positively impacted sooner than yeah. when we finally figured it out. <laughs> well, and the beauty of it is that um, the coordinator for the novice teachers, she includes me in every time she pulls them in. And so I get to talk to the folks that are just beginning, helping them to understand, hey, don't do it like we did it. Don't, <laughs> let's do this a different way. So it's, it's also been great. Um, when I talked about the folks that I work with, I've got some great like folks that I partner with that um, I work side by side with um, to really start trying to shift this culture. And so it's it's been great. It sounds awesome. I do want to ask you a question and you you may you can this totally is your opinion. Um, sure. You don't, you don't have, I don't to. have a problem with sharing my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if you picked that up about me. <laughs> <laughs> But I value your opinion, and this is why I wanted to ask you this, because we are in an interesting situation education-wise right now across the country and the and internationally, because I work with an international schools and I'm seeing some trends and things like this. Um, so what do you feel is the greatest need in education at this point? And how do we take steps to address that need? Mm. Ooh, well, <laughs> I think, you know, one thing that I, I've been kind of grappling with, especially early in the morning before the world wakes up, mm -hmm. and I'm just wondering about how can we 
what can we really do to shift, right? And so rehumanizing this work keeps coming up for me. And what I mean by rehumanizing is that <clears throat> as a society, um, we've been dehumanizing folks, right? Um, and even young people, like there's, there's this weird ridiculousness that happens, like young people or, or um, children are subhuman. Like they don't get to, we get to tell them what to do. We are controlling them and they have a voice and they have thoughts and emotions. And we've got to stop and listen to our young people. We really do um, because we can't keep doing things that we've been doing, thinking we're going to get different results. The other part of it too is um, when I say rehumanizing, I also, I also have to deal with culture and race, um, uh, class, uh, gender, like all of these things, right? Like there are certain groups of people who are considered subhuman in the grand scheme of things. And I think it's important that we realize that um, the education system is just like any other system. And we've got to stop and do some audits around that. And, and that starts with self. It starts with what are my implicit bias? Um, what, what is it that, what negative conditioning have I received and what work can I begin to do so that me as an individual can bring something different to this whole um, so that we can really start um, doing the work necessary to rehumanize? Because right now we're looking at things through a dehumanized lens. Um, and that's, I, I feel like that's why everything is kind of going awry. awry. Um, because it's just, we've gotten, we painted ourselves into a corner. How do we get out? I agree. And I think we just step, step on the wet paint and get it. Yeah. We just got to get the, we got to get the little shoes mess, dirty. Get a little yeah. mess, get the paint on our shoes and, and step out and not be afraid of getting paint on our shoes. Yeah. Um, and, and get ourselves out of that corner because the consequences of not getting ourselves out of the corner um, are, are devastating. It really is. Um, and, every human has value and brings purpose to this world and has um amazing things to share with others and that make everyone's world a better place and it's um sometimes we we paint ourselves in that corner and we stay in that corner instead of experiencing the beauty of others and their gifts and yes. we don't allow ourselves to see beyond our own lens and our own perspective yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Um, and I, one of the things that I'm learning is um, that when people can't see from a different perspective, or even if they're willing, they're not willing to, um, to still embrace them as a human being. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, because I would get really irritated at first when I, but now I'm like, well, that's your place and your space that you're in. And I'm still going to be here and I still want to interact with you. And I see that you have value. And when you're ready to have the conversation, 
I'll be ready to have it with you. And if that yeah. never happens, I still want you to walk away knowing I value you as a human being. Yeah, because you have to model what it is that you want people to engage in, exactly. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that is the absolute name of the game. Yeah, uh, it sure is. So um, we are with our last question, which I like to ask all of my um, guests. And is there anything else you would like for our listeners to know? Oh, <laughs> so I think, and I don't know, I may have ended like this the last time, but I, I just, as I, as I am walking on my own journey, what I have learned um, is that when you, my Angelo said it best, when you know better, you do better, right? And so if you figure out this one thing today and you know you were doing it wrong all the, the, the past four to six years, right? It's okay like just to start doing the right thing when you know to do the right thing. And there may be times where you thought that, you know, uh, you were on the right path and then you learn something new and you realize it and somebody has you recorded saying it, just be like, oh, that was me when I thought I was doing the right thing. But because I'm human and I'm, this is a, I'm, I'm evolving. I am, um, you know, constantly working on becoming the best version of me. And so I will not be the same person when you talk to me again. So just give yourself grace. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> just well, and we're so afraid of being wrong sometimes that when we realize that we've grown, we are afraid to admit that and be authentic about it. And I really um, think that, you know what, if we really embrace that, the quote or the statement, um, if you can't make mistakes, you can't learn anything. That's right. Um, and just say, you know what, I'm growing. I thought this then, but I think this now, and I apologize if that harmed you in any way, but as in a growing and evolving human being, this is where I am now. And I hope you can appreciate that. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, as I know better, I do better. And, uh, and, Absolutely. So, and can yeah, we just, can we continue to move from here? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, so I hope that the universe right. too. <laughs> I'm going this direction. I'd love for you to join me. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it's I just, you know, uh, just the last thing, just the last idea to leave with folks is just be okay with being okay. Yeah. Like it's all right. <laughs> It'll be okay. For sure. Well, thank you, Crystal, so much for joining the Bulldog Educator podcast. We really appreciate it. And listeners, we plan to connect with Crystal in the spring and with our season five and see how things continue to evolve in her role with Little Rock School District and her many other um, adventures that she she goes on um, with her expertise. Um, you can connect with Crystal through Instagram at B underscore extremely underscore well or at the Crystal Dragonfly LLC. You can also um, find her on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Crystal, B-R-A-S-W-E-15. And then you can find her on LinkedIn as herself, Crystal Green Braswell with the hyphen. Um, <laughs> but we really appreciate it, Crystal. Thank you so much. Listeners, the, you will also find the links to access her in our show notes. 
Um, but thank you so much. It's been a thank great you so much. It's been a blast, and I yeah. I hate that our friend wasn't with us. Yes, but we hope he feels better. We do. <laughs> Thanks so much. And now for our segment, Living in Beta Mode. How many times have you wanted to send holiday cards, but don't, or thought of sending a birthday card to a friend and just forget to send or realize you don't have a stamp? This time of year is the perfect time to get acquainted with Postable. It is a great place to keep all your addresses in one place. You can share your link with others so that they can be a part of your address book. And if you're like me, you can create your holiday card, have the envelopes addressed and stamped, all with the click of a few buttons. If you don't know about Postable, I highly recommend it. If it's just to keep track of your addresses, it is totally free. Cards for individuals run about the same price as a card from the store and it covers postage. The holiday cards are up to you, but you can't beat the Postable, uh, Postable self-address stamps and then sends them all for you. You can even order a few extra for those who aren't, willing, who aren't on your mailing address. Go check out postable.com. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Join us on our last episode for Season 4 that will be released on December 14th. We are super excited to have Dr. Clifton join us again, who helped us open Season 4, season four and will be closing out Season 4 with us as well. Listeners, we love it when you share your thoughts and ideas with us on your social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at the Bulldog EDU. You can also follow Matt on Instagram at CastIron, or X, formerly Twitter, at Matthew Caston, and Kirsten on Instagram, or X, formerly Twitter, at Teach Kiwi, or Facebook or LinkedIn as Kirsten Wilson. Thank you for listening to the seventh episode of season four of The Bulldog Educator. We look forward to you joining us in two weeks for our final episode of the season of season four of The Bulldog Educator podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can never miss an episode. You can find the Bulldog Educator podcast episodes on most podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And again, thank you listeners for being devoted and keeping with us. We look forward to you guys joining us in two weeks.